You know what I want. <laughs> I want to talk Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeat the Timberwolves. And of course, joining me doing this is Alec. I say, of course, like that's something that happens often. We haven't done one of these since I think the playoffs in the bubble. When we were in Saskatoon, we'd watch the game together and then we talked about it. I think. I think we did one like early in the season when we were really raving about Siakam and how how well he was playing. No, that was just a video. Oh, let's react. Yeah, okay. So anyway, the Raptors, they win this game 122 to 107. Fun stat from Kirthika, she, the stat queen, she tweeted this out. Yes, it's 122 to 107, but a fun fact, the Raptors, they haven't lost to the Timberwolves at home in Toronto 17 straight games now. The last time that happened is 2004. Gary Trent Sr. was in the NBA and coming off the bench for the Timberwolves. Obviously, it's been a long time. And the best way to show that passage of time, the length of it, Gary Trent Sr.'s son, the reason why he's a senior, there is a junior, El Hijo Gary de Trent. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, he's on the Raptors. Played good in this game. The Raptors, they win. Good stuff. We'll talk about it. I'm Samson Folk. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. And it is also brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, here's the thing about Goldfinger Law. You only pay if you win. That means if you lose. Good news. Well, some bad news, but good news, you don't have to pay. And if you win, some good news, some bad news. I guess maybe just all good news. You're not afraid to pay for things you like. So if the representation is good, you're probably happy with that too. If you're interested, 416-730-1777. You know what I was interested in? This basketball game. So I'll give you the story. My brother comes to visit me in Toronto. We buy tickets to go. Lewis can't cover this game. I say, hey, Leg, do you want to go to a game? I'll just use my credential. A leg <laughs> gets to go to the game. So my brother's hanging out in the next room. They both watch the game. They enjoyed it a bunch. A leg, your your first Raptors game since the one we went to in 2019. So what what were your thoughts going to this one? Great time. A lot of great action. Uh, a lot of back and forth <laughs> for, for like at least three quarters. And then uh, Siakam took over. It was a really fun time to watch. Okay, so as far as like being in the arena, Ooh. game ops, Ooh. emotion, mm-hmm. feeling. Nick Nurse said this after you know he came in and talked to all the reporters, the riffraff. He said that it was kind of a quiet game. Was that your sense? Um, on my side, uh, like where my section was, it was pretty quiet. Well, I think I was probably the loudest. I was like, oh, Siakam, what a nice little spin move. Uh, like I was doing a lot of commentary throughout the game, but I was like, probably the only one except for one other guy it was really uh we kind of had like a little moment but that was like other than that most people were not what, really what was the moment okay so siakam took a free throw and he missed the first one and then his reaction was ah! you know it was a very african reaction <laughs> oh, yeah. and i laughed really hard and i started looking at him and we had a moment and then we actually kind of started off like getting going back and forth from then on so it was really funny yeah okay so uh best moments from this game as far as not necessarily the the fan experience but as far as what you saw on the court we did get a lot of dunks in this game we got the scotty look back dunk where Nas, i believe fouled him on the fast break Nas, who had an incredible poster on siakam that 
maybe perhaps spurred on a run where the Raptors scored like 20 points and Siakam scored or assisted on everything except for one. Um, we had OG doing like a jelly dunk, almost like he hung it out, brought it back with two hands. We had Jaden McDaniels coming down. Like, what, what are your highlights? The Jaden McDan- uh, McDaniels dunk was like a really first, like, oh my God, okay, this is, this is going to be fun. You know, uh, we're looking for some uh, Rudy Gobert lobs just for uh, for for your brother Max, and then uh, that that OG dunk was out of out of nowhere. It was amazing to watch. So that like that got us jumping, and then um, yeah, and the Scotty obviously. I don't know why, not it was Reed who was trying. To, yeah, it was. Yeah, he. I don't know why he tried to put his hand up there. That was an easy dunk. Fun time. I so. The big thing for the Raptors in this game is that, yes, Anthony Edwards just sprained his ankle. For some reason before the game, I, I, I walked past him in the tunnel. They were stretching him out. No boot on. Then I saw him later, also had a boot on. For any of the ant people, keep the people or fans keeping up with Anthony Edwards, he's in a boot. Um, Rudy Gobert was also a game-time decision who ended up playing. Carl Anthony Towns obviously isn't, like, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns obviously isn't playing. And Jalen Noel, who I like a lot, who I know maybe doesn't uh, like move the needle for most people. He does for me. All those guys not available in this game. So the Raptors, who had basically a fully healthy lineup, they had everybody that if they wanted to go to, they could. OG, really impressive game. Lots of great help side instincts, and especially just kind of throwing them at point of attack operators, right? Initiators. It's such a huge advantage to have, and especially having him in the vicinity to kind of play rover and help out if Gobert gets deep position in there to contest at the rim, bother the dribble, all that kind of stuff. Siakam, I think a quiet game for the most part until that third quarter run where he was just fantastic. Jakob got into some foul trouble because Rudy is like, I know there's a lot of memes at Rudy's expense. There's a lot of like, he's not this guy. Five first round picks, all that kind of stuff, but he's a load to deal with. And Jakob had a few fouls dealing with that, especially with Jade McDaniels and guys coming down the lane too. It's a lot to deal with, but I think that they did a pretty good job with that. Scotty, a very low key game statistically, but I think he found a really nice spot in this game. Like the Raptors, they didn't need much from him, and so he wasn't pressing. And I think that you felt his definitely you felt his presence defensively in this game. Which is something that if that creates a baseline, if that creates a floor, that's a really impressive aspect of his game. And that's something that hasn't been present thus far into his career. And Fred, 28 and 7, he shoots like close to 50, between 50 and 60% once again. He's been playing at objectively an all-star level. And not like, oh, is he an all-star this year in a weaker field? Is he an all-star this year in a really tough field? It's just Fred over the past 15 games has been an all-star level point guard. His defense has been better, and Jakob Pertl helps a lot with that. His offense has been really great. The shooting has been on par. The The playmaking is maybe the best it's ever been. And Lewis Satsman, for those who feel inclined, is writing the big jumbo piece on uh, Fred's total year, and it's really turned around in a big way and has been progressing for some time. Oleg, your thoughts on the Raptors' point guard, who my Twitter timeline if you searched the words Oleg and Fred, it wouldn't come up as complimentary. Mm-hmm. And you've watched a lot of games with me this mm-hmm. year. What have you thought about Fred lately and tonight? So lately, yes. Um, he's been like tremendous with his confidence, especially shooting. 
Um, I like that he was uh, came came out guns blazing. Really, he started shooting a lot. Um, snake in a pick and roll. It was beautiful watching him play in the actually like driving to the lane and working with the with his like driving game a lot. And um, yeah, and his shooting was so good. Like I like the the fact that he wasn't just like. Uh, he wasn't shy to uh, to take it up and like actually take those shots, especially like off the dribble or even catch and shoot. And like, I just liked I liked that a lot. And uh, so it seems that like Jakob's uh, presence has helped tremendously in uh, making it, like getting him in more open areas and also allowing him to um, to create um, spacing that's that wasn't maybe that maybe wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a really good point. Is that when Jakob is able to screen for Fred, not only does he get more clearance off off the screen, obviously, but the cool thing is that Jakob has a lot more roll gravity. You know, he doesn't bring a tag every time, but at the very least, he's going to have the the big man Rudy Gobert very concerned about where Jakob is, and that means that Fred is going to get more one on one time, especially if he's snaking the pick and roll to the opposite side. And that's that's intentional, right? He wants to create the matchup between he and the man who's on him because the snake, it allows them to catch up so that you get to put them in jail mm-hmm. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And Jakob will roll to the opposite side and keep Gobert kind of on the other side of the paint. He'll keep a side of the basket open. And Fred, the last few games especially, has been really aggressive in using up fakes and like pumps mm-hmm. and swivels mm-hmm. and like his just using his pivot right. to get to spots mm-hmm. in the like in the middle of the paint mm-hmm. and it not necessarily Jalen Brunson but if you want a comparison point in your head sure do that or even better Kyle Lowry the bump and swivel was always a big part of his game that comfortability in the paint I think is directly tied to yes his confidence but also Pirtle and it's just like so so impressive and and the shot making in the middle of the floor like the pull up whether it's between like eight mm-hmm. to 18 feet anywhere in there it's been so good, man. So yeah, uh, I like also like to add that like him being in a in a paint and like using a pivot foot and like being able to use that also help is helped by the fact that Pirtle is there, which like which draws the the other defenders to Pirtle and makes him gives him enough space and time to actually um, do the actions he needs to do and like pump fake and get his uh, the spacing he needs to just get a layup, which is great to see. Yeah, there's also something that I saw William Liu tweet about it, and he has a massive platform. So when he tweets out like, hey, this is an interesting play, a lot of people are going to be introduced to it. The play he tweeted about is called Horns Flex. The Raptors run it all the time. It's a horn setup where Fred filters through. He becomes the guy who sets a flex screen for OG Ananobi. OG Ananobi makes a flex cut to the basket. Fred can, if they don't make the pass to the flex cut, if that's not open, Fred can filter up into a pin down or into a dribble handoff, and you can run something there. All of this stuff, this is what sets are supposed to do. They're supposed to have a bunch of different variations in them. So if you don't hit on one aspect of it, you can move on to the next. The Raptors, typically the guy who's been the trigger man in this action is Scotty Barnes. And they've made this so that Jakob Pertle is the trigger man. And Jakob, while not as talented a passer as Scotty, Jakob is a guy who can make those reads and it also makes the Raptors more dangerous at the back end. So they're not losing anything really when they run horns flex. And Jakob is the guy kind of being like, okay, if if OG makes that cut, which he did in this game, which Jakob and he were able to link up for a bucket, it also means that the Raptors, if they have to go further down that action, 
they're going to have a more potent dribble handoff or pick and roll setup. So that's a cool thing. Um, if you want to know what Horns Flex is, just go to my Twitter and like type in Horns Flex or whatever. I've tweeted out videos of it five or six times probably. And so that's cool. Something that Fred mentioned is that Jaden McDaniels was the guy who was put on him to kind of turn the water off. And he meant this in the respect of Pascal had the second half, Fred had the first, as far as scoring the basketball for the Raptors. Like there's scoring all across the rosters, 19 from Gary, 15 from OG, 14 from Pirtle, 10 from Barnes, but 27 and 28 from both Pascal and Fred. And Jaden McDaniels, I asked Fred about him after the game just because he had mentioned that. And he was so complimentary of what he's becoming offensively, what he's able to do defensively. And I thought it was cool that the Raptors, this is kind of what you want to be able to do as a good team against good teams is like the Raptors, when they throw OG on a guy, the other teams have to be able to produce offense elsewhere. And Lewis wrote about this, how Pascal and Fred haven't linked up really good games together, but they were so good both in their respective halves where they dominated that McDaniels being on Fred, sure, they turned the water off. Then Siakam took advantage of whoever was guarding him, right? Be it one of like Nas Reed or Kyle Anderson, Gobert, Torian Prince, you know, maybe it's Mike Conley or um, J-Mac on a switch. Maybe it's Nikhil Alexander-Walker, whoever. He did a really great job of really fueling the Raptors after that. So. So being able to lean on those two, also getting a bunch of great um, contributions from guys like OG and Jakob and Scotty, and then also having a really great run of play from Chris Boucher on a guy like Rudy Gobert at the later stages of this game and having Gary step in and really like 19 points in short order, 8 of 14 from the floor. This is in a game that the Raptors, sure, they win it by 15, but the game is full of runs. And you either need guys to push you forward on runs like Pascal did, right? Giving you a massive slew of points in a short amount of time. Or you need guys who kind of score quietly to make sure that runs on the other end. Every every team across the NBA, good or bad or great or championship level, whatever, they're going to be able to put together short spurts where they score the hell out of the basketball. You need to have guys like obviously the Stars but also somebody like Gary Trent Jr. to be able to go and get you a bucket every once in a while and slowly make sure that while the other team, they're going to win pockets of the game. They don't win by as much. Those things add up, and they keep you in a strong position during these games. And Gary, I think his offense was really important in this one. I know it's always important for him to play well when he's going against Minnesota. That's his hometown. That's where he's from. And so that was a cool aspect of this game. As far as like the deep bench, Will Barton almost 14 minutes again. I don't think he's I don't think he's shown enough to dictate that he plays that often, but the Raptors are obviously playing a smaller team tonight because of, you know, Anthony Edwards, they don't have his size at the guard position. Carl Anthony Towns, they don't have him in the front card. Um Noel also not in the backcourt or anything like that. And so you have guys like J Mac playing more minutes. And so maybe Barton makes sense in that way, but he's still not very impactful. And so the Raptors, even though Coloco plays, you know, eight and a half minutes, the deep bench plays like three minutes each. That's Precious, Wieskamp, and Flynn. Crazy that Precious is on the deep bench, but Nick Nurse after the game said he expected um, a decent amount of playing time against Milwaukee tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this. And so that those are all things to consider. But the Raptors, I think, very impressively, professionally, found a way to win. Did it in, I think, a super clean fashion. 
it was a shorthanded Wolves team, but you play who comes into your house and you win if you can. And the Raptors have against most teams that have come in lately. Who did you think had the best hustle in this game of leg? This is the Reggie Evans Award. Best hustle? I'd have to give it to maybe, uh, hmm, maybe I'd probably try to give it to Boucher or, um, hmm, that's a good question. Actually, I'm not too sure. <laughs> uh, I, I give it to Siakam because of that, that run that he had, uh, because uh, that was really what pushed the team, uh, the game, I mean, the team uh, past uh, the close uh, back and forth that they were going through. And um, yeah, I, I'd maybe give it to Siakam. Okay. Who would you, who, who would you give it to? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'd give it to Siakam. It's a pretty nebulous award. Like Reggie Evans was a guy who'd, he'd go out, and with the Raptors especially, he had a, a stint where he was the starting center, even though he was scoring four points a game, right? And he was a guy who was like, I'll get four points, sure. Sure, people don't like that a lot, but I'll give you 14 rebounds with those four points. And so it's not necessarily, it's like a hustle award, because otherwise you're just giving it to the guy with the most rebounds. That would be the truest Reggie Evans performance, mm. but that's more boring. You mm-hmm. could just look at the stat sheet and be like, this guy is Reggie Evans, and that's not really how it works. So the top quick reaction comment, spicy, is from CJT. Quote, can't complain about Fred or Pascal. Can't comment. Happier being unhappy. RR has been disappointing this year. Support your team. End quote. So before everyone freaks out, I don't think he's complaining about the website. I think he's complaining about the comment section because... There's only 48 comments on the quick reaction after a win. Um, this is like, or maybe that the the comment section has been negative. Um, I don't police the comment section. I don't know what goes on there. Um, well, I see it sometimes, but as far as like, uh, there there are people, there are names I recognize. There are people that I kind of, I think, passively take in what they think, and you know, there are some people who I I I think I notice are not well liked. There's negative people. There's positive people. There's people who love to argue, all this kind of stuff. Um, CJT, I'm sorry, the the comment section experience hasn't been what you wanted. But uh, to all the people who have been messaging about how much they've liked the work this year, um, which has been a lot, to all the people who have supported Raptors Republic, which has been a lot, thank you so much. Um, I can't wait to keep doing it and hopefully get to do playoff series and stuff like that. That's where the, the subscription, man, for the people who are already subscribed, um, you're just like in the over, you're getting so much money's worth. And hopefully people do subscribe for like playoff content, because as far as analysis goes, um, nobody beats Raptors Republic and hasn't for a long time. So CJT, thanks for writing in listeners. Thank you for listening. And if you watch this on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel. As I said before, with a nice, um, plug, subscribe to the website. It's good. And, um, yeah, if you're listening on the podcast channel, Thanks for chopping it up with us. Aleg, anything to say to the listeners before we go? We the North. Oh, dude, you are (laughs) such a loser. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Yeah. If if you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day. And I was thinking about this for a long time. (laughs) Have a good day. (laughs) Okay. And goodbye. We'll see (laughs) you.